Hello, Compliance Heroes. Thank you for joining me for another episode of my podcast. This is Lynn Farrell with Treliant, and we are here today with Richard Harvey, one of my favorite people. He is the CCO of Colonial Savings. I've actually known Richard through several jobs, always the CCO, large institutions, small institutions. He's actually been a regulator in the past, so Richard teaches the compliance school. Many of you may know him. Uh, he's a great speaker and very engaging. Uh, Richard, how big is Colonial? Just under a billion dollars. Okay, so his comments are going to be very relatable to those of you in smaller institutions today, but they are obviously going to apply to everybody. But sometimes when we're talking about the three lines of defense, people in smaller institutions get kind of all anxious because they might not have completely built out lines of defenses. And honestly, under the regs, they don't really have to, although sometimes the regulators uh, really encourage that. So today we're going to talk with Richard about how a smaller institution handles relationships and just the whole workings of the three lines of defense. So I've asked Richard to give us five tips for making those relationships work. Richard, what's the first one? Okay, so um, thank you, Lynn, for having me. I am very pleased to um, be with you, and it's always a pleasure when I get to sit down and talk to you about compliance, amongst other things, obviously. So the first tip, Lynn, would be to make sure that um, we understand how the business works. And what I mean by that is I have had times when I've started working with a business line And the business line would get frustrated because they'd say, you don't know my business. You don't know how I operate. How can you tell me what the compliance rules are unless you know how I operate? And I had to concede the fact that they're absolutely right. So, you know, as compliance professionals, we we think we, we, we know the rules. That's right. Right? But applying those rules are only going to be as effective as our understanding of how our businesses operate. So first tip, get to know the business before you start spouting what the rules are for them. We should sure know how they make money, right? I mean, that would be absolutely key. Because when they don't think you understand that, then they really don't have a lot of incentive to listen to you. Why would they? Right. I mean, that's their goal. That's right. So I think oftentimes we get a little confused as compliance professionals with what our role and responsibility is within the organization, right? Uh, We think, yeah, you know, we we know the regulations, we know regulatory expectations, we we know all of these things, and we want to apply that um, as we see things not going exactly the way that we think they should go. What we can't lose sight of is who owns that business loan? You know, remember, we're all in this for one reason, and that is to make sure that we can offer our products, our services, in a way that's going to yield benefits to not only our customers, but to the organization itself, right? So it's very important that we always keep that in mind. That's a great one. What would you say after knowing how the business operates, knowing how they make money, what would be your second tip? Know the roles and responsibilities. And what I mean by that is we need to work with those business lines to make sure that they understand how we're going to help them. 
what's their role in getting the job done, and what's our role in helping them to get the job done. I know oftentimes we think of ourselves as going in and we're testing and we're finding things and, and we want to make sure that uh, they get things right, they put in the right controls. All of that's fine and all of that's great. The thing about it is that oftentimes the business isn't even aware that we're there to help them. They think you're just there to test them. They think we're there to um, test them and then to report bad things about them. Oh. And when you start out that way, why would they want to see you around? You know, I mentioned, why would they want to invite you to the party if they think that you're going to crash, you know, shut the party down? Right, right. Right? So um, we absolutely need to make sure that there is an understanding of roles and responsibilities and how our taking on the role that we take on actually helps them take care of the responsibilities in the role that they play within the organization. That's great, and it really does relate to that first one because I've always thought about really the incentives for compliance folks and business folks should be the same. Both of you want the bank to make money. Both of you should. That's how you get paid, right? Right. And both of you should want the bank to stay out of regulatory trouble because fines come out of the bank's bottom line. That's right. And if you don't have that kind of philosophy, then what you have is conflict. Sure. Constant conflict. And, um, you know, and how does that manifest itself? It manifests itself in people building walls. They'll have those walls and, you know, things will get thrown over those walls and no communication. So you've created a communication barrier and people then start pointing fingers. Right. So when the bad things do happen, it didn't wasn't our fault, it was compliance fault. Right. They didn't tell us or, um, you know, how would we know, uh, you know, or compliance has thrown us under the bus. Yep. I, I do hear that all the time. So knowing your roles and responsibilities and accepting that you have the same goals. That's Absolutely. Great. What would be number three? So I'd I refer to that as nourishing the culture. And what I mean by that is, you know, every organization uh, has a culture. And if there's a culture of compliance, you have to nourish that culture of compliance. One of the things that I think I've, I've talked to you about uh, before is, any opportunity that you have to get before people as the chief compliance officer is an opportunity for you to share the common bond that you have with other team members. And you should think about them as a team. And as far as nourishing the culture, what I really mean is this. Um, if there's a culture of compliance within the organization, it should start at the top of the organization. And if it's communicated from the top, then what we can do is help facilitate that communication. I use this example, um, newcomers orientation. We have our president who comes and talks to all of the newcomers, welcomes them aboard, talks to them about the things that are important, among which is compliance. Right after he finishes, I'm up. So compliance is right there to start talking to and talking with all of our new employees. One of the things that I actually do is, as I'm communicating with them, and it's not just me giving a presentation, that's not what's important. I'm talking about how we can effectively work together and our various roles and responsibilities and how we carry those out. And at the end of the orientation, what I do is I have um, every one of the new employees um, engage in a pledge. 
And I, um, the pledge calls for the, each one of them to be compliance ambassadors. <laughs> and, and I they actually make you raise their hand and put their hand. They their raise hearts. their hand and they say the pledge. And um, at the end of it, I give them out a little trophy. Oh gosh, that's so for them to cool. put on their desk, letting them know that they're compliance ambassadors. We all work together. If you have any questions about anything that's going on, don't hesitate to call your friends in compliance. That's interesting. One of my CCO friends had plaques, or rather those little uh, desk tent things made up that usually have your name on them. And he had one made up for all of the bank people. And it said, compliance is my responsibility. And they had it on their desk. I thought that was great. Well, that's a great one, too, because I've never seen an organization that doesn't have some sort of a mission statement or a cultural statement that basically says, do the right thing. Yes. They all say that. And if you really believe that, then compliance can kind of help nudge them in that direction, I think, is a great thing. Absolutely. So we started out with make sure you understand the business, know your roles and responsibilities, nourish the culture. What's number four? So that would be develop good communication. So, you know, just like any good relationship, uh, you have to work on it. one of the things that I think um, we're guilty of, and it's not just compliance, it's within any organization, we rely too much on um, impersonal communications. Emails, for example. We're relying on emails to go back and forth, and unfortunately, there is no, no substitute for just talking with someone. That's true. That face-to-face so communication is always the best way to establish and maintain good relationships. You know, I've noticed over the years, Richard, since email became ubiquitous back 20 years ago now, people don't even want to call you anymore. That's right. They want to just email because we want to have control of when we look at things. And it's gotten to be super impersonal. So I really think that's a great idea. I'm a remote employee. And it does help to hear that human voice Mm -hmm. on the phone. Absolutely. Especially if the issue is sensitive. Yep. You can really damage your relationship with somebody by just emailing because they can't see your body language. They can't hear the tone of voice. It's and you hard. Have to, you have to ask yourself, why do, why do we do that? Why do we, is email... Avoidance. Yeah. We want to avoid there the you difficulty. Go. Yeah. We want to avoid. But also, we want to do CYA. Oh, yeah. That's right? true. That's true. We want to cover we ourselves. Can prove it. We, we can prove, prove that we didn't give the wrong advice. We can prove that it was the other person who didn't do what they needed to do. Is that really conducive to establishing and maintaining good relationships? No, it's not. Right? I'm, I see why compliance people do that in a way because, of course, they're worried about getting in trouble themselves. But you're right. Even if you send an email, you should talk to the person about it. That's exactly right. And so that should be the follow-up, right? This is what we've communicated, and I just want to make sure that this is where we are, right? That's so a great one. email is a great tool to use, but don't abuse it. Yeah. Don't use it as a substitute for establishing relationships. Yeah, because that really erodes trust. Exactly. That's such a great one. What's number five? Um, You know what? Everything that I said, um, you know, you could throw everything out the window if you didn't um, make sure you took care of your number five. And that is 
relationships. Relationships make everything work. Um, the effectiveness of your compliance program can be directly related to the effectiveness of the relationships that you have throughout the organization. As a compliance officer, you can approach things in a lot of different ways. You can think you're going to sit back in your ivy tower and start dictating to folks that they should do this, that, and the other. But let's see how far along that gets you. Right. Right? Right. Or you can say that the best way for me to accomplish the task that's at hand, I've been given this responsibility to make sure that um, you know, I'm working with people in order to achieve a common goal. It's totally dependent upon the relationships that you establish. So, for example, you know, I've been at a lot of different organizations. And um, I've always, you know, I've learned over the years that what's key to success is really the personal relationships that I have with my team, as well as the personal relationships that I have with business partners throughout the organization. When I'm looking to hire an individual, I am very careful as to the kind of individual I bring onto the team. Mm -hmm. I tell, and I tell the folks this when I interview with them, I'm looking for two things, and they're not mutually exclusive. But you have to have both, right? Right. The first thing is acumen, compliance acumen. When I hire someone, there's just a general expectation amongst my business partners that I'm hiring someone who's going to bring value to the company. They have to know what they're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yes. But equally important is... Do they, are they able to establish good working relationships with people? You can be the smartest compliance person in the world, but if you can't work with people, then you're not going to be successful on my team or within our organization, and vice versa. You might be the nicest person in the world, but if you don't have the acumen, you're not going to be successful. Right. So that's the two criteria that I look for. You know, um, compliance acumen, and the ability to use that acumen in a way that is relationship building. Right, because if you have people that the business will trust, Absolutely. that just makes your job easier. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm always so thrilled when I hear from our business partners how great it is to work with my, one of my compliance team members. And I hear that often, and it pleases me so much yeah. because it's like, um, that compliance team member is achieving exactly the goals that we've established within the compliance department. And that is, are we working together in a very healthy and relational way with those folks that we work with on a daily basis to achieve the goals? You have given us such great words of wisdom today, Richard. It's certainly uh, been a pleasure to have you. I'm going to restate the five things just so our listeners will have a, one last chance to hear them. So how to make your working relationships among the whole bank, all three lines of defense, work better. Number one, make sure you understand how the business operates. Number two, know the roles and responsibilities. Number three, nourish the culture. Number four, develop good communication. And number five, remember that relationships are everything. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're truly a compliance hero yourself. Grateful that you agreed to be, to be interviewed today, Richard, and I, I appreciate all the wonderful words of wisdom. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoy any time I get a chance to, to meet with you. And um, 
you know, a lot of the wisdom I've gained is um, through listening to you, oh, reading so your nice. articles, um, and, you know, having the relationships that we have. It's just That's been great. great. Well, thanks, Richard. Thank you, Compliance Heroes. If you want to talk to Richard or ask him a question, you can send me your questions at lferrell at treliant.com. That's L-F-A-R-R-E-L-L at treliant, T-R-E-L-I-A-N-T.com. And we'll see you next time on Compliance Hero.